Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino. Now, here's your host, Dave Wyman. Welcome to Hawks Live. We're here at the Snoqualmie Casino. Be here every Thursday night during the football season right here on 710 ESPN. Tonight, we're going to do a little recap over that Browns win. They have four wins this year by a total of eight points. 3-0 and on the road. That's really good news. And uh, we're going to talk later on to Lano Hill. We're going to talk to him on the phone. We've got John Clayton, the professor. We'll go inside the film room. And then our own Taylor Jacobs is going to talk to Nico Thorpe and play FIFA, which I'm told by NASA. Joby, our executive producer, is a soccer video game. Football players playing soccer video FIFA? games. You, got, you just figuring FIFA. that out? I just heard about it, yeah. It's a I'm great a game. Huge... Great game, Dave. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Football players playing soccer video games? You'd be surprised. You know, I spoke to what, uh, Brown, JB, and his favorite yeah. his favorite game to play when he's at home is FIFA. That's funny. That's, that's very interesting. I would think they'd be playing Madden or something like that, playing it's football. national, sometimes man. You go, it's, you're, they're global, Dave. You've got to get away from football yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you've got to go global, yeah. and nothing bigger global than soccer. Yeah, there you go. All right. Big win, and, you know, it's been so much fun traveling with this team on the road. When you get a road win, you guys know this, it's so much better. You get a chance to bond with uh, and kind of hang out with each other, bus ride, plane ride home. Sure makes the plane ride home nice, and for the Seahawks, they get to sit up in first class. The coaches have to give up their first class seats, and there's some seniority uh, pecking order, uh, guys that get to sit in the front because there's not that many first class seats. But, no, anyway, either way, it's, it's so much fun on those uh, trips, but I wanted to ask you guys, Paul, start with you. What stood out to you most in that win in Cleveland? Um, that there's never a game they don't feel they're in and have a chance to win. They were down 20-6, to six and I don't, none of us. I mean, we were watching a game that didn't think they were going to come back, and even though we weren't playing well, and we've given up some play. We had some turnovers, some special th- teams um, big plays, it, it, I think, put the defense in a tough spot at times. Uh, and I think a lot of their their stats, particularly points against, are because of that. I, I just don't think there's a game they don't feel that they can be in and win. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it could be a low-scoring game, a high-scoring game. Um, I'm just really impressed with this team because we're, we're getting into this world today that there's so much analytics. There's so much statistics and and, you know, all these values along the way. It doesn't matter. It, the, what matters, you win by at least one point in the NFL. <laughs> and you know, that's really what I'm looking at. Everybody's, you know, on their, the defense. And the, we're, everybody's finding, trying to find the negative right now. Yeah. We're 5-1. and one. You know, why can't we just enjoy it? Five and one. That's Dave. all we've talked about all week. Is uh, what are you worried about with this team? And yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, if you'd have said in the beginning, hey, you're going to be five and one, you take that. Also, this week, you're getting Jaron Reed back. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to like. And then you turn on the Ravens film and watch Lamar Jackson. <laughs> He's a different cat, man. Oh my He's goodness. scary. He's. I watched that film and he worries me the most this week is the most worried i've been all season me too when it comes to just our, our opponent because you know with ben roethlisberger when he was playing we, we knew what ben was going to do he's going to stay in the pocket do his thing obviously drew Brees was out but the thing that scares me about lamar is just the unknown like he's he can make a play that should be a loss into a big game and we haven't seen a quarterback like this i i, I tried to to describe Lamar to one of my one of my players I practice today, I go. He has the elusiveness of a Russell Wilson, the quickness of a Kyler Murray, and the top end speed of a Michael Vick. 
and he can throw the ball. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and we haven't even seen um, him play to his full potential yet. Yeah. And, and which is scary because he's putting up crazy numbers. Well, and what is he, the eighth leading rusher in the NFL yeah. right now? <laughs> 460 yards. Then they got Mark Ingram. The thing that impressed me the most about him, first of all, what, what scares me is Greg Roman is there. Greg Roman was part of the Colin Kaepernick uh, run game that San Francisco had in their glory years when the Seahawks, that was their big rivalry. And you see a lot of pulling guards, really well-designed plays, the thing about Lamar Jackson, I think he has better sleight of hand than anybody I've ever seen. And when they do the read option, he rides. I don't know how they haven't fumbled, but he rides Mark Ingram or whoever the running back is in there. Uh, he rides him way past where you know he's like even with, with Jackson, and, and then he pulls the ball out. I can't tell you how many times where if you fr- froze it right after the play started, there's no way I'd be able to tell who had the ball. So, I mean, he's really good with that. And as you mentioned, he's a 65% passer. So yeah. somebody asked me to compare him to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has five touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's the exact opposite. He's got 11 and five, and, and he can run. And he looks like kind of a tough guy, too. Yeah. This he, is he by take a hit. far the best team the Ravens have played all year. Uh, you know, again, a, a win's a win, right? But their wins are against Miami, Arizona, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Cincinnati they're, yeah. they're, they're one, or actually their two losses are Kansas City and Cleveland. So they're up and down. But they're also a team that, you know, it's built a little like the Seahawks. They want to run the football. They're the number one rushing team in the, in the league. They, they're fantastic on special teams. Um, we're going to have to play, and I said this last week, you know, everybody thought, well, we're going to win this game easy. No, we're not. Hey, we got to play a great football game. We can't turn the football over. We got to do all the things we do well. We got to run the football. We can't let them score in the in the red zone. And it's going to come down to this game as well. I'm excited. I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I cannot say I I don't disrespect a coach more than Roman. You know, and you you know the story of in when the, he said in the elevator. Mer- Merry Christmas. To- well, you remember before the game. When we said, let's kick their butts or something yeah. like that, and he starts popping oh, off to me. T- and tell the story. This is a good story. Okay, we're, Greg we're Roman, elevator. he was the offensive coordinator then for the, the Niners, and we jumped on the, the press elevator to go up, and the coaches go on that. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, were, we look over, and they got all these 49er you know, shirts and everything. There was three or four of them. There was me, Paul, I think a couple other we guys. We could have taken them. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, all right, guys, let's kick their butts. You guys are coaches, right? You know, And the guy... Somebody bristled. It was Greg Roman. And he's well, like, oh, who are you guys? Re- remember how he bristled, though, as you were looking down at him. Yeah. And you were looking down at him. He's a, he's a small man. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Go anyway, yeah. Going. So, uh, you know, he's like, oh, what do you guys do? I was like, oh, we're ex-players. We do. We're just joking. Yeah. He goes, well, I'm sure you're really good at what you do. Or some He said it so. It, it, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want to pick him up real yeah. quick and get eye to eye with him at this point. But anyway, so he goes off. And at the end of that game, it was 2011, the Seahawks lost. And uh, and he left the press box screaming out "Merry bleeping Christmas" wow. to everybody. Yeah, so he's kind of a punk. And Danny O'Neill, who was Danny the cool reporter down. at the time, yeah. chased him into the elevator and said, "Who said that?" And he denied it. And he said, "No, 
what did you just say? Yeah. And he wouldn't man up to it. And that's when I really lost the respect. I didn't re- <laughs> lose respect for him saying, Mary, you know what, Christmas. So, But, Paul, he does a good job coaching. I guess. Right? <laughs> I guess. You can't respect him. It no, he, he has some really good stuff, and you watch their offense and, and how they play. I mean, it's, and it's all about Lamar Jackson. So, uh, you know, Ingram's a great runner, but yeah, I don't think he gets the yards that he gets without – Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, that's that's the thing. So, getting back to being miserable at five and one, that's kind yeah. of what we talked about this week. Everybody wringing their hands over the sacks. Only ten sacks, and you know, you look at like Miles Garrett has nine. You know, the kid Shaq Barrett, I think, is his name down in uh, Tampa Bay, has nine. Seahawks only have ten. The turnovers came in bunches last week. You think you keep hearing that they're getting closer and closer to sacks. Do sacks come in bunches, guys, do you think? I think they do. I, and I think they come in bunches when you have a guy who's disrupting things. And that's why I think Reed coming back is going to help. Yeah. Uh, he's going to collapse the pocket. He'll allow the edge rushers to really get their hands on guys. Um, and, and you're right. Every week it's like, all right, well, we're, get, we're getting better. We're close. We're close. After Reed comes back, it's like, all right, now, now let's, let's produce now. You know, we'll, we'll give him a week, give him a couple of weeks to get his, his legs under him, to get his groove, get him going. Uh, but then we just want to see it. But um, besides sacks, I just want to see pressure on the quarterback. Just hit the quarterback. We didn't get one quarterback hit last game. Um, and what that tells me is uh, we talked to Pete on Monday, and he says, you know, it was the RPOs or getting the ball out. Yeah. Um, I get that. But I just want the quarterback on his butt every now and then. That's going to make him stutter a little bit, think twice about making the throw. The sacks will come. I just want pressure on the quarterback, and make him nervous, and this is a great week to do it. If we can, if we can hit Lamar Jackson, um, that means we're getting him in the backfield. That means we're keeping him off. There are safeties. If he can break a run again in our safeties, it's almost like yeah. just, just cross your fingers and hope that he slips or something because uh, he's special. Well, I also think it takes being in the lead. You know, you mentioned uh, Garrett from Cleveland and, and the guy from Tampa Bay. Would you like to have their record and their sacks? Yeah. No, no, thanks. You know, I'll take our record. We're just not a team that's got up on people 14 points where we're able to really get after the quarterback. And it is hard in this league. The game, the ball comes out extremely quick. The RPOs are legit. There are times where I go, hey, that's a pretty good rush. The ball had to come out. If he had held it, we, we'd probably get a sack. And so the way we play our defense right now, if a quarterback can find that guy, because we are leaving, we're, a lot of times we're rushing five guys, and we're dropping three guys underneath and kind of a shell with the two corners and the safeties. Yeah. Well, if you only have three underneath, if they're releasing four, somebody's open. Yeah. They, now they got to find it, and they do find it at times. It's a lot of dink and dunk along the way. We're still not giving up a lot of plays. I think it's our philosophy right now. And, and we, New England last year, one of the worst in the NFL at sacks. Mm-hmm. So is it always the criteria to be a great defense and a team that wins the Super Bowl? No. I get the frustration to it, but I try to bring everybody back and say we're 5-1. Five and one. Five We and haven't one. given up, and I, I before I make embarrass myself here, we haven't given up 30 points this year. Yeah. There's not a lot of teams other than New England haven't given up 30 this year. Yeah. Well, the other thing is this team over the years hasn't been lived and died by sacks. It's been about 40 per year when uh, when Pete since Pete's gotten here so turnovers yeah, I know, and, turnovers and we did big. talk about that going into this week right now well and we talked plus about six. the bunches of interceptions and yep. turnovers oh last year or last week we get a couple and we get a, a fumble uh, you know we really probably had four or five turnovers when you count downs as well because we had that fourth down stop 
Um, and you get the block punt, so yeah. yeah, maybe they'll they'll come in bunches this week. I don't know about Lamar Jackson's pretty elusive, so maybe next you week. Seem <laughs> nervous, yeah. You yeah. seem nervous, Dave. You seem nervous about this. I don't want to have to play against you. know why? Because I was the spy for Randall Cunningham in 1989. <laughs> that was my fault. Dude. I'm still oh. chasing him, Paul. I needed your help there. <laughs> I also had you on Marshall Falk when he was at Indianapolis, and, and yeah. Rusty Kilman kept saying, why are you covering Marshall Falk with Dave Wyman. I go, because Dave gets it. He's playing outside technique. All he's got to do is corner, stop the corner right. He's got safety help inside. It worked every time. But, yeah, we, we put you in some tough spots, Dave. Randall well, Cunningham key, and, and him. The key there was help. Yes. Gave me plenty of help. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we'll get a, uh, an opponent preview of the Baltimore Ravens from Clifton Brown. He works for Ravens.com. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. We're going to get a uh, an opponent preview from Ravens.com. We've got Clifton Brown on the line. Clifton, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. How are you? Well, we're good, except uh, the way I've been talking about Lamar Jackson, uh, my co-host here are telling me that I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, I don't have to go out there and play, but man, Clifton, I'm looking at this guy. He uh, he seems like he's 10-3, and three, right, as a starter with you guys, and uh, he, he looks amazing. Tell me what kind of a leader he is and, and what kind of a guy he is. Yeah, that's one of the strengths about Lamar. Uh, his teammates love him. Uh, he's the type of guy that he's got friends on the offense, the defense. Uh, all the attention is being brought to him. He he doesn't really, you know, focus on that. He he said this week, you know, he's not worried about trying to win the MVP. The only thing he's trying to worry about is winning Super Bowls. And he's really, you know, only 22 years old, but he's been given the reins of, of this franchise at a young age. And certainly he seems uh, more than equipped to handle everything that goes with being a franchise quarterback, both on and off the field. Well, we're kind of hoping they're overlooking us and looking at New England, um, <laughs> which I don't, I don't think they are. But, you know, this is a team, though. You look at their statistics on offense. I mean, it is, you know, they're number one in so many categories, but at the same time, a little inconsistent. You know, just your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, definitely their running game, I think, has been terrific all year, and that's really the strength of the team offensively. Uh, obviously, Lamar is a big part of that, but, you know, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, uh, they've got a stable of guys who can who can run the football consistently. Um, the passing game has been a little inconsistent, as you mentioned, and lately they haven't finished drives uh, with touchdowns the way they were earlier in the season. That's certainly, you know, a point of emphasis for them moving forward. The Ravens feel like with Lamar, and some of the other weapons they have, they should be a good red zone team. Uh, Lamar, early in the season, had gone, you know, three or four games without throwing an interception, but lately he's thrown a few. So they've got some things to clean up offensively, but obviously, you know, they can run the football. Uh, they've been scoring pretty consistently. And yeah, I think that, you know, certainly if you can't stop the Ravens running game, then, you know, they can be a real problem for you, uh, trying to shut down their offense. In that quarterback room, you have two of the most mobile quarterbacks ever play the game in Lamar Jackson and RG3. Has RG3 been able to drop some knowledge on Lamar about running and getting down? Is he is he is he um, spreading some love there? He has. Uh, I think he was really good for Lamar, particularly last season when Lamar was a rookie and first 
uh, was asked to be the starter. I think that having a guy like RG3 who could bounce some things off of has been good. I think this year, you know, I mean, they're, they're still close. They they work well together in the room. But, you know, Lamar kind of really had a handle of what he was getting into this season. He put a lot of, you know, work into the offseason on his throwing, on his mechanics. He bulked up a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, he definitely, I feel like from day one, this season of training camp looked like the starting quarterback. He was no longer feeling his way. He thought he was ready to handle everything. I think so far that's proven to be true. I mean, he's only 22 years old. There's no reason to think that, you know, if he stays healthy, that he won't be a better quarterback, you know, three, four, five years from now than he is now. And you already see, you know, the talent that he has. So, yeah, I mean, most of the talk get Brown and Ravens for so long was their defense. Uh, you know, guys like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Paloi Nada for years, Terrell Suggs. The franchise has, has slipped now. This is definitely a new era. And, you know, Lamar's the one, uh, you know, driving the bus. We're talking to Clifton Brown from Ravens.com. And uh, I heard today Clifton John Harbaugh talking about Marcus Peters, uh, a midweek kind of trade for Marcus Peters. And from what I understood, he wasn't going to be get out there until Wednesday. Uh, did, did he practice today? And, and Harbaugh expects him to play, but uh, how, how much should we ex- expect to see Marcus Peters on the field Sunday? Right, he did have his first practice today. Uh, I think he will play Sunday. Um, John Harbaugh has indicated as much. And, you know, they feel like Marcus Peters can do uh, what he's always done uh, without having much practice, which is lock up whoever they tell him to to go against, um, you know, certainly, you know, you're asking a lot. He's going to have to, you know, know the defense well enough to feel comfortable to be himself. Uh, I don't know if you're going to see him play every defensive snap, but I, I don't think they're just blowing smoke when they say that he's going to play Sunday. Uh, you know, Peters, obviously, everybody knows, you know, he's he's led the league in interceptions as he came into the league by quite a wide margin. And Marlon Humphrey, the Ravens' other corner or one of their starting corners, He's having a breakout season as well. So the Ravens are really feel happy they got Peters. Um, they've had some injuries in the secondary. Uh, I think that's part of the reason why they made this deal. They feel that they needed, you know, a little more help in the secondary once the guys started going down. And, you know, obviously now with Peters, uh, Earl Thomas, uh, Marlon Humphreys, uh, Jimmy Smith, when he gets healthy, Brandon Carr, uh, the Ravens feel they have a lot of guys in their secondary, you know, who can who can really uh, handle the job. Yeah, the Ravens have uh, a pretty good free safety, a guy in Seattle that is beloved here. I mean, he played. Yeah, he's one of the greatest players in Seahawks history. One, just how's that been for the Ravens, and how has he played this year? Yeah, I think Earl is trending upward. Um, he is, you know, admitted that it was a big change for him. You guys know all about Earl Thomas, uh, you know, as you said, great player, had been with the same team uh, in the same defense his whole career. So now, you know, coming to a different team uh, that plays a little differently, it has been an adjustment for Earl. But, you know, he's such a competitor, uh, I think a natural leader by example. Every week to me he seems to be getting more comfortable, and I think the last two or three weeks has really shown in his play. Obviously, this is going to be an emotional game for him. I think he's trying to to keep everything, you know, even keel. 
during the week, which I think is the right approach. But, you know, when he gets out to Seattle and starts seeing, you know, familiar faces, familiar sights, and then, you know, once he steps out on that field, I mean, it can't help but be emotional for him. I mean, it's a place where he got started, uh, you know, did so many great things, won a Super Bowl, part of a legendary defense. I think all those things are going to be going through his mind. But, you know, most of all, he just wants to play well and help the Ravens win. Um, he, you know, feels like he's got a lot left in the tank and he can do some great things in Baltimore. So, I mean, I think this game obviously is one he's thought about for a long time, and now it's finally here. Earl, uh, we, we, there's a poll on our, our local uh, flagship station whether they were going to boo Earl or not, and 87% said they're going to cheer him like nobody's business. So make sure you tell him that so he's not mad. <laughs> we don't want Yeah, Earl I mad. mean, I nope. think obviously he'll be happy to hear that. He was asked, you know, at his press conference Wednesday how he thought he'd be received. You know, the answer basically was, you know, he hopes that they respect what he did out there. I think he's, you know, in fact, I know, you know, he's got a lot of love still, you know, for the fans, for the organization. You know, there's just some special things out there. I mean, in Legion of Boom defense, you know, legendary defense, they won a championship, you know, came oh so close to winning back-to-back. I mean, it was a special defense, and he's a special player. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, in this day and age, it's very hard for any player to begin and end their career in the same spot. It happens once in a while, but for most players, even ones as good as Earl Thomas, it doesn't. So he certainly gave the Seahawks everything he had when he was out there and did some great things. And, you know, I would think that, you know, most people, if not almost all people, will remember that, you know, and, and recognize that when he comes back. Hey, Clifton, uh, it, it must be a nice luxury to have a kicker that you really don't ever have to worry about. Holy <laughs> yeah. smokes, man. I mean, I'm looking, he's 100%. I read a stat today that since they moved the uh, extra point back in 2015, he's like 99.3%. He's a uh, perfect 13 for 13 this year. My question, though, is uh, how good of an opera singer is he? Is he just good <laughs> for a football player, or is he like actually quality because uh, I saw it on real sports or something like that. Yeah, no, he's good. I mean, Justin can sing. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to give up his day job to do it, but <laughs> yeah, certainly uh, he's more than just a shower singer, but you know, getting back to the point you had about, you know, what kind of kicker he is, he definitely, I mean, he has, he's been to me, you know, over the last you know eight, seven, eight years that he's done it, the best you know, in the game, and you know, he's going down. If he keeps like this, it's certainly one of the best ever. And, yeah, the Ravens know that when they get in field goal range, they basically have three points if they don't turn it over. You know, he's been tremendous in the clutch, won a ton of games for them, you know, a couple of weeks ago against the Steelers, made one to send it into overtime, then made the game winner, you know, out in um, when the year they won the Super Bowl, won one in overtime to beat the Broncos. Nothing seems to fade, doesn't Tucker. So, yeah, I mean, I hear the weather out there might be kind of challenging Sunday. And, you know, obviously the noise out there, you know, can affect some some kickers. And nothing seems to phase Justin. So, you know, anytime the Ravens are in a close game, they feel like if they can get Tucker within range, that's an advantage for them. And I don't think that'll be any different Sunday, even if, even if the weather isn't cooperating. Justin Tucker's from Texas. We've got a really good punter here from Texas. They're growing, them, uh, growing some good kickers down there. Hey, Clifton. 
Thanks very much for spending the time. Uh, we know you had to stay up a little bit later, but uh, really appreciate the preview there. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, take care. Be a good game. Right. Enjoy your trip to Seattle. There he goes, Clifton Brown from Ravens.com. Coming up next, we will talk to safety Lano Hill. We'll get him on the phone. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. All right, welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman, Paul Moyer, this was, and this Michael Bumpus. Best show of the year yeah, right here. Yeah, we, had, we should show. do this every week. I know. We got the professor, John Clayton. Clayton, we had a bunch of people come up here dressed up. They're Seahawks fans. They did touchdown celebrations. They gave us a battle cry. It was fantastic. That's pretty. What was the best touchdown celebration you saw? The best or the worst? No, I asked for the best. You can give me the worst after you give me the best. I can't. The best is trying to remember. remember. You're still there, and the people who did the worst is still there. So it's like I don't want you to have one of those Miles Garrett get punched in the face type of things for not. Yeah, exactly, like John. We're not. We're not going to divulge what what our scores were. It was all an instinct thing. Okay, yes. tell me the best. All right. No. I'll, I'll, <laughs> We're not going to do that. No. We're not going to do that. John, are, are you trying to trick me right now? I just said we're not going to say anything. They're all standing here staring at me. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So ba- basically, the Speaking linebacker who is willing to punch out anybody that uh, you know is not doing the right things on the field is basically taking a Jason Garrett conservative position as far as not, say- not saying anything as who's the best. All right. L- let's talk about this, John. It is weird. I- I'm going to ask you guys this, too. And I'm not sure how Clayton would be. I don't know how you guys would feel. Jason Garrett, one of the baddest dudes in the NFL. Yeah. Yes. Somebody comes up, and John, what was he driving home no, from it's practice? Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? Jason. Miles Jason. Jason Garrett. I said Jason. Okay. Yeah. Miles Garrett. So he has nine sacks in the yeah. NFL. Big dude, fast, can run the whole thing. He's leaving practice. Some guy, a fan comes up, says, "Roll down your window so I can take a picture," and he punches him. I'm just saying, there is nothing that would stop me. <laughs> From running that guy down, opening the door, mm-hmm. I don't care if the car's in drive, I would jump out of the car and chase the guy down and pummel him. Right. But I, he, Jason uh, Garrett basically just said, or Miles. Ah, the guy had a weak punch. You know, maybe he thought he was Jason Garrett and not Miles Garrett. <laughs> Did I call him that again? Again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't care. We whooped the Browns. Who cares about Jason but, Garrett? But, I mean, the guy's got nine sacks. If you're true, He must have been a Pittsburgh Steeler fan pretending to be a Cleveland fan. Fan yeah. and wanted his autograph because why would you punch your best player? Yeah, who's having a fantastic season? He, he wanted a paycheck. He wanted him to hit him back. He's yeah, gonna, oh, he hit me. Where I'm going to sue this guy, Professor? You would chase him be. down, am I right? No, me, no. It's like I'm I'm neutral on all this stuff. But right. it, it. But being in that environment where I grew up, uh, you know, being in Pittsburgh and doing a lot of Cleveland Brown stuff, it's like that's so anti-Cleveland. Because, I mean, the Brown fans are very loyal. They support their team as bad as they've been for, like, two decades, even when the team moved out of town. And it's like to have somebody punch one of their best players is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this guy's got to be nuts. Yeah. All right, John. uh, I don't know if we know anything more, but tonight in the game, Broncos, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes goes down with an injury. I'm sickened. Uh, you know, I, I heard that when it happened. I thought the same thing. I'm like, this is really bad for the NFL, really bad. But uh, what, what's the latest? All right, so here's the latest, and I'll, I'll throw it to all three of you players because, I mean, you know these injuries more than anything else. It is a dislocated kneecap. 
Okay. Now the question is going to be, and the answer they don't have tonight is what is the ligament damage? Because the ligament damage is going to right. ter- determine whether there's going to be surgery or no, no surgery. Now you go back a couple years. Matthew Stafford suffered a dislocated kneecap, but he was able to come back in three weeks. We don't know if this thing is going to be worse or not worse. But where I'm sickened is here is the best young quarterback maybe I've ever seen in the league. I mean, because he comes in in year two and just dominates. MVP, phenomenal. And he's one of the most exciting quarterbacks I've ever seen. His mobility, his uh, his ability to make plays and all that stuff. And to see what happened to him. And I mean, you go back to Russell Wilson a couple years ago when you know he suffered the high ankle sprain and then he suffered the MCL injury. And I still remember my first game of ever doing anything on the sidelines was standing behind him five feet when uh, all of a sudden they started to go for his knee and they touched his uh, the right side of his knee and he absolutely screamed. He, I mean, for the first time probably in his life, he, had, he actually had a swear word. And it's like, <laughs> I'm thinking, that's an MCL injury. That's a four, that's a four to six week MCL injury. And the guy never missed. Now what you're looking at with Mahomes is that uh, he's got a dislocated kneecap. I hope, I pray for the league standpoint and the Kansas City Chiefs standpoint, it's not any ligament damage, but I'm worried about this one because he takes so much away from the NFL because he's so good. Well, I'd say the encouraging thing, I mean, dislocated, it had to have popped back in. No, in fact, if you you watch the replay, they popped it back in. Oh, they did. They did. I mean, you, the, uh, honestly, if okay. you watch the replays, and you know David Chow, uh, I mean you know, David Chow, who's in, you, you, you used to be the Charger team doctor. I had him on my website, and I mean, it's like, and he watched it, and he saw it pop back in, and so uh-huh. that's the positive thing. The negative right. thing is you don't know how much it popped out that it did ligament damage. Yeah. Well, and the good news was. Just to try to look at the sunny side of things, he was walking pretty. At least Tony Baselli on the on the radio broadcast mm-hmm. was saying, "Look, he was walking under his own power off the field." So hopefully it's not that bad. But yeah, I'm with you. It's. Uh, it, I'm, it's I, honestly tonight watching this game, even though the Chiefs are winning and they're a better team than the Broncos, I'm just sickened because it's like the league is no good without Cap, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk a little Ravens uh, and, and just some injury things. The one guy is Marquise Brown that has popped up questionable and maybe even more than questionable with an ankle injury, and he's been electric as a yeah. rookie wide receiver. Well, what do we know about him and, and maybe some other injuries with the, uh, the Ravens? It's still going to be 50-50 as far as where he goes because, again, this has been one thing that's been bothering him in different things all season. And so he's been in, he's been out, and all those different things. And if he's out, it really hurts the receiving core because you know that's not a deep receiving core. So that's not a good thing. Uh, and overall, I mean, you look and you see you know, some things that they have going on in the secondary. I mean, Brandon Carr is going to be able to play, but, I mean, his play has been so down the last uh, year that that's why they made the move to get Marcus Peters because it gives him a better thing. I mean, one of the keys for them is getting Jimmy Smith back from the knee injury. That's still shaky. So there's a lot of key things that are really questionable right now for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, particularly more on defense than it is on offense. Hey, John, I want to talk about the Rams. Um, They acquired Jalen Ramsey. They give up two first-round picks. In my opinion, 
they get a first-round pick, so it almost feels like they're giving up one first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. How do you feel about that situation? I think in the short term, it's a good thing because say what you want. And listen, I'm, I'm the biggest supporter of Marcus Peters because Marcus is a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback. I know when he's play, faced Seattle, he usually gives up one touchdown a game. We've seen that for the last year. But, you know, he's a good cornerback, and it upgrades the Baltimore Ravens. But the thing is with Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey is a shutdown cornerback. He can shut down one side of the field. But here is what you look at is that this is a great move if you anticipate you're going to be a playoff team for the next two years. I can't guarantee right now that the Rams are going to be a playoff team for the next two years. And the reason I say that is that even though they got the contract done with Jared Goff, I mean, Todd Gurley's not a $14 million running back anymore. The offensive line has to be uh, completely and totally rebuilt. Andrew Whitworth is done. You know, the Joe Notebook, the guy that they have, is a replacement eventually for Whitworth. He's out with an ACL injury. Uh, you know, they're not good at center right now. The right tackle's playing better. And then you look at the linebacking core, and other than, you know, an injured Clay Matthews, you have nothing. And so they've got to rebuild two areas, and they only have 12 draft choices in the next two years. John Snyder has taught everybody in the National Football League, you can go years without a first-round pick, trading down, doing all these different things, but you better have volume. And the volume is having you know, 9, 10, 11 draft choices. Right now, in the next two years, the Rams have only uh, 12 draft choices. And if they're not going to be a playoff team, that's going to kill them. Yeah. Well, Professor, let's all uh, think good thoughts for Patrick Mahomes because you know I think we all agree nobody wants to see an injury. No, you know, and uh, and he's been so good for the league. So, uh, but uh, appreciate it, and uh, I will talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. There he goes, the Thank Professor you. John Clayton. Coming up next, we're going to take a, a deeper look into one of the more exciting players in the league, and that's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's quite the highlight reel, I'll tell you, man. And his style, is it sustainable in the NFL? We'll talk about that next here on Hawks Live.